Hey, I want to welcome you to our New Life online services this weekend. I hope you just have a chance to sit back and engage in what God has for you. Don't forget there are resources down below, as you heard at the very beginning. So you can get a note-taking sheet. If you go online or to our app, you can find all kinds of resources for you and your family, small group questions, uh, different ways to give. So don't miss out on those. One last thing, make sure to hit the subscribe button because that allows you to get a notice when we have a new video, a new service that, uh, that pops up. So don't miss out uh, on that. Well, hey, if you have a note-taking sheet, I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to John chapter 13. So the New Testament goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Find the 13th chapter and we're going to dive into that uh, in just a moment. While you're finding all of that, I want to just tell you one more thing. Next weekend, we are having baptisms live at both our Turlock and our Patterson campuses. And these are times of celebration as people take that next step of faith. And I know for some of you who've been watching online at home or, you know, whatever has been working for you, I really want to encourage you to, to come back, to come back and, and sit and live see what God is doing to hear stories of faith. Um, maybe you've been waiting, maybe you've been holding out at home, but maybe next weekend is the time you could actually come and join us. Services are Sunday at 9 and 10.30. That's both at Turlock and our Patterson campus. And we're just excited about what God is doing in this coming season. Well, we've been in this series called The Time Is Now, and we've been looking at different kind of places in our life and in our faith where there's this move to not just sit back and wait for perfect timing or, you know, when I graduate from school or when I finally get a job or whatever it might be, but right now to take these steps of faith, to get to know in a deeper way, God, to make time for him, to move past shame and regret, to embrace life, all these different things, kind of that urgency to say, this really matters. And I'm really glad that you've been, been part of this. But if you're in John chapter 13, uh, we're gonna look at a passage today that uh, you're probably familiar with, you've probably heard before, but I want us to dive into it because there's something so important about this that again, gives us this urgency to, to, to take that step, to embrace the moment, to take the time to really serve in love. So here's a little history before we get into this passage. Jesus is about to have dinner with uh, his disciples. And it was customary at those times that the host of the event would have someone who would be at the door and this person would help clean and wash the feet of the guests who are coming. Now, I know that's kind of an odd concept for us today because we don't think about washing people's feet because we wear socks and shoes and we get in our, our cars and we go to someone's house, whatever it may be. But understand, of course, that they didn't have that kind of transportation. Uh, we sometimes think in those times that, well, they must have been riding a horse or, you know, rode a donkey or a camel or something like that. But understand that was a very small percentage of the people that had the luxury of, of an animal to, to ride. And even if they did, those animals were, were by and large used to carry provisions. And it wasn't just something that you, you hopped on a, a donkey or a camel to ride on. It was, it was for carrying, they were pack animals. So the truth is, is that everywhere that people went, it was on their own two feet through the dirt and through the dust and just through the 
you know, the, the terrain that they were walking through. So you can imagine that through the course of a day, through the course of maybe even a few hours, that their feet would, would get dirty and would dusty. And, and even showing up for an event, no matter how cl- clean they had prepared themselves to come, by the time they walked there, their feet again would be dusty and dirty. So I know that thought for us and the 21st century is to think, okay, so they walked. Well, what's, what's the big deal? They've got dusty and dirty feet, but that's just what it is. Well, when they would come to these events, it was part of an Eastern tradition, right? It's not our Western traditions. And so they didn't sit at tables with chairs around them. They were, they were low tables, sometimes even without a table, just on a, a mat or a rug that they would be there. And they would spend hours at these, at these meals, especially a gathering of people. It wasn't just a quick eat and get on your way. The fellowship and the connection was a huge part of these meals that they would have together. And so they would sit at these low tables and they would actually recline. They would sit back and they would have these conversations and dialogues and sometimes arguments and and debates that would go on. But it was this sharing of life together. So as as they would recline back, you, you really couldn't help it that somebody's feet were going to be close to you. So again, the host of the house would have someone at the door to to wash and to clean the feet. So when they sat down and they reclined and they were having this time together, they could do it clean and refreshed and really ready for the time that they were going to have. But at this gathering that, that Jesus is coming to, there was no one at the door to wash the feet. Now we don't get insight into what happened or how that was overlooked, but everyone comes and their feet are dirty and dusty and there's no one there to do this job, which, which really was a gift to those coming. It was, it was how the host could care for, for their guests. Now, maybe you're the kind of person that likes to dive in and jump in whenever there's a need, right? You're at something and it's like, hey, can I help you set out the, the chairs or, or can I help you get some of the food ready? I mean, maybe you're the kind of person that does that and maybe you're not. But in this, you'd think, well, maybe someone would step up and say, well, here, I'll, I'll take care of that since there's no one here. But, but nobody did. And there were probably a few glances around the room without saying anything, trying to figure out are you going to step in and do this? You, you know those awkward moments when, when something needs to happen and no one steps up? Have you in these last two years been in a Zoom meeting and whoever's leading that Zoom meeting asks a question and they want an answer and no one speaks up? Have you been in one of those? I have. And, and you're wondering, is now a good time to turn my camera off because you just don't like those awkward moments. And, and so this is one of those awkward moments. They're all sitting around wondering, who's going to do it? What do we do next? And then something happens. Jesus walks into the room. By the way, as a little aside, anytime Jesus enters the picture, something happens. It may be that he brings healing and hope. It may be that he calls us into something more. It may be that we just sense his joy and his acceptance of us. But something always happens when Jesus enters. 
So Jesus enters the room in this, and we're going to read the passage here in just a second. And, and the disciples are taken off guard a little bit because leading up to this, the disciples think they're kind of somebody. Maybe not even because of who they are, but because of who they get to hang around with. And if you go back and you read some of the scripture leading up to this, these disciples have already had conversations and even arguments about who was the greatest among Jesus' followers and who would someday get to sit in a place of of honor beside Jesus in heaven. They've actually had these conversations. But now Jesus walks into the room and he's about to show the example, show the disciples an example of serving and giving out of love. And, and this example that he sets, it, it turns the whole equation of who serves and who gives and who's humble and who's not. It turns that whole thing upside down. And Jesus, in this example, is going to show us how love really expresses itself. Because we think sometimes of love as being romantic feelings or if it's not in that vein, at least, you know, these, these deep uh, feelings of emotion. And that's a really good thing. God's given us our emotions and it's powerful. But he's also going to show us how we move from just the feeling into actually putting it into motion. Letting love be not just a feeling, but an act as well. And Jesus is going to show us and then look us in the eye and say, the time is now for you to love the same way. So we're there in in John 13. Uh, I want you just to look at the first verse to start with. It says this, Jesus knew that the night before Passover would be his last night on earth before leaving this world and return to the Father's side. All throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated, and I want you to catch this, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for him. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. John is is writing this. He's saying Jesus over and over has showed this deep and tender love towards his followers. And in this moment we're about to see, it kind of goes all the way. It's the full measure of his love. Now, when you look at it, it said Jesus knew that his hour had come. So literally within a single day, 24 hours, Jesus would be turned over to the enemy. He would be put to trial and he would begin the process of giving up his life on the cross for you and for me. He's got 24 hours to live. And in this last little section of time, he demonstrates love real love, practical love. He chooses to serve in love. Now, think about it. If you had 24 hours to live, I mean, if, if you could somehow know that, and you know the clock is ticking, and 24 hours to live, I wonder how many of us would think about serving. How many of us would think about someone else's need? Would we put someone else first? I have this funny feeling, just to be honest with you, that it would be all about me. It would be all about my desires and what I need, knowing that my life is about to end. Maybe I'd try to cross a few things off of the bucket list, right? Squeeze a little bit more out of this last 
hours of life. But Jesus, with 24 hours to go, is about to show us, as it says in that passage, the full measure of his love. Now, don't forget in all of this that Jesus is serving not out of duty. He's not serving out of expectations. He's not serving because, well, I'm the only responsible one here. He serves out of this place of deep love, out of this place of of compassion and care. And that's what he's teaching us. So I want us to pick it up again. We're going to read this now whole account, and we're going to start in verse 2. And so here's what it says. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Let me just pause there for a second. What Jesus is beginning to let him in on is that it it wasn't about washing the feet. It wasn't about taking some water and a towel. That was what he was doing in the moment. But there was something more here. There was really this this act of humility and grace and love and compassion and kindness that he was showing out. Like not worrying about me, not not worrying about his own needs, but, but willing to give. And that's what he's saying. Peter, you're not getting this right now, but there's gonna come a time when you will. So going on, Peter protests and he says, no, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus says, a person who is bathed all over doesn't need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. And that's what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Now catch this last part. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and said, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. So do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. And now that you know these things... God will bless you for doing them. Now, Jesus said, he said, you've seen me wash your feet, and now I want you to wash each other's feet. Follow my example in this. Now, again, I'm going to ask you, is it really about washing feet? No, it's about serving where the need is. It's about coming alongside someone who who has something that's, that's out of order and out of sync. And what can I do to put my needs aside and instead serve them? See, the truth is, is that we love by serving. And that's what Peter was struggling with. He thought serving was out of duty. But when you reach a certain level of leadership or authority, then you don't have to do that anymore. And Jesus is the rabbi. He's, he's the teacher. And he's thinking, hey, Jesus, you can't do this. You, you won't do this to me because it's beneath you. 
He was looking at Jesus going, you're the most powerful guy in the room. You do miracles and crowds follow you. The authority's afraid of you. You don't wash feet. See, Peter knew this was upside down and crazy, but Jesus was showing him the power of love, the power of serving, the power of humility, the power of grace. And I'll tell you, it changes everything. So here's the deal. If we ever, as followers of Christ, hope to show life and hope and love to our world, and by that, I mean the people that we work with and go to school with, the people in our neighborhoods, the soccer teams that our kids are on, and our very own families. If we're really going to show them who Jesus is, if we're really going to get to the, the core of what this is, it's not going to come from how good and succinct and powerful our messages are. It's not going to come from how we can articulate the four spiritual laws. It's going to come from what oozes out of our love for God. It's going to ooze out in our willingness to serve and truly care and love one another. And that's what we've tried to be as a faith family together to serve and to love people one step closer to Jesus in all arenas of life. Because we know that each person is unique and valuable to our Heavenly Father. So we believe that marriages are worth fighting for. And we believe teenagers are worth investing in. And we believe that those stuck in hurts and habits and hangups are worth fighting for. And those that are struggling and isolated need a family to love them. That's what drives us, that kind of love, that kind of serving. Because that's exactly what Jesus modeled. It's what he showed us. So let me give you a few things to remember. Write this down for number one. The time is now to open my eyes to the needs around me. The time is now to open my eyes to the needs around me. See, there's a moment in this story when everyone became aware that nobody was going to step up and wash the feet, right? They're all looking around at each other and they're really like, I'm not going to do that. Are you going to do that? And I really wonder if Jesus kind of stood back for a moment and just watched, just waited, maybe even let the awkwardness kind of raise up a couple of notches just to see if they'd caught it yet, just to see if, if they got what was really going on or were they going to hold back because, well, I just don't do that or that's someone else's job. And, and I don't think Jesus would do that, not just to kind of make them uncomfortable for uncomfortable's sake, but just to see, are you catching what you've seen in me over these past couple of years? See, it would have been super easy for everyone just to ignore the foot washing that night, right? I mean, we'll get through it. Well, so we have dirty feet. We'll just, we'll just do the dinner anyway. I mean, how easy it would have been just to ignore the need. And sometimes it's so easy for us to live that way too, to ignore the needs, to pass by the opportunities for grace, to kind of just keep my eyes ahead and then I never have to deal with the challenges. I never have to deal with 
the awkwardness. I never have to deal with kind of what, what God is kind of turning and pointing out in me. I can just eyes straight ahead and just keep on moving. Remember the story Jesus tells about the Good Samaritan? This guy gets beat up by robbers. and Remember the first guy that walks through? I mean, he's like a, a temple leader. This is a guy that's highly religious. And he just keeps walking by. Like, if I don't look at the guy who's bloody and bruised on the road, then I don't have to stop. And then the next guy comes and he's on his way to the temple and he's thinking, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to stop that. So it's just like, keep your eyes straight ahead and just keep moving. And the good Samaritan comes. You know, that's not his name, right? He's not even good at that point. He's just a Samaritan. He's just a foreigner. He's just someone that everyone would have dismissed. And he's the one who actually sees the need. I'll tell you this. Love means we live with our eyes wide open. That we're not afraid to see the needs. That we don't look away from hurt. And we don't ignore opportunities. There's something about the invitation by Jesus to know him and to walk with him means that we can't shut our eyes anymore because Jesus didn't. It, it's not about waiting for that mythical someone else can handle this. Time is now for me. And I can't meet every need and you can't meet every need. That's not even the point. The point is what's in front of you. Where has God led you that you can open your eyes and go, I, I think that's for me to take a step into. You know, we have a few things around here, and this is not about signups. This is just about awareness and invitation. So coming up uh, in March, and you can find this on our website, but we're going to be hosting a one-day summit called Intercept, and it's about human trafficking. It's going on all around us. It's not just big cities. It's right here in our own communities. And we can close our eyes to that or we can accept the invitation to make a difference. And it may not be being on street, street corners. It, it may not be, you know, heading a rescue team. It may just be praying. It may be supporting and serving with, with some of the incredible uh, ministries and groups in our area that kind of deal with, with those issues. It may just be having an awareness of what to look for when, when someone is showing all the signs of being uh, kind of in that place of, of being trafficked, that could we, could we sound the alarm? You know, could we call 911 and go, there's something that just doesn't feel right. I'm seeing these signs. I mean, that could be us. That could be you. It could be me. But we can't close our eyes to that. You know, we have a group of people that serve on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and actually they work on the in-between days preparing. But Tuesdays and Thursdays, they hand out groceries to families that are in need. Rather than closing our eyes and saying, well, I'm sure someone's taking care of that, we have this incredible group of people that say, no, we'll take care of it. We won't close our eyes anymore. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Now, those are just two things around here. And I hope that you would take a step. I hope you'll 
come to that one day summit. And again, you can find it on our website. You can sign up to come. You don't have to do that. There's no cost involved, but it'll help us plan for it. You could come and be part of our food pantry. They have a great time serving and doing that. But, but that's not the end. That's only the beginning. I mean, what about your neighborhood? What about your school? Where, how about where it just gets personal? What about the friend that you know who's struggling? See, it's where it all starts. And that kind of serving and giving and love is what changes everything. Write this down for number two. The time is now to act. The time is now to take a step and to do something. See, we can open our eyes and see the need, and that's where it starts. But it's not enough just to feel bad. Love always takes it to a new level. Love is a verb. Love acts. Love does. Look at John 13 again in verses 4 and 5. It says, So Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them dry. See, Jesus saw the need, and he could have actually turned it into a, like a verbal teaching moment. You guys... You saw the need. You felt the awkward moment, but you didn't do anything. And Jesus doesn't berate them. He doesn't, you know, just make them feel bad. It's, I'll do it. And I don't think Jesus did it with this attitude of, I'm going to show you and you're going to feel bad about this. He was genuinely loving them by serving. Jesus saw the need and he acted. The greatest one of all, the greatest teacher of all, showed what it's really all about. And it was more than words, but with the very actions he took. You've probably heard that phrase, more is caught than taught. And the truth is we, we can teach verbally, we can say the message, or we can live it out. I'm telling you, there's such power in serving in love. There's a guy named Bob Goff, and a few years ago he wrote a book titled Love Does. And towards the end of the book, he wrote this. And by the way, his book is filled with stories of love in action. But he wrote this. He said, so you've read the stories in this book, but what's better than all that is the stories you're continuing to write with your life. So what do you do? He says, I usually try to figure out what the next step is and just do that. I know it sounds simple, like there must be more to it, but there isn't. For most of us, that next step is as easy as picking up the phone, sending an email, writing a letter, buying a plane ticket, or just showing up. After that, things start happening. Things that perhaps have God's fingerprints on them. And you'll know which ones to do and which ones don't. Pick the ones that do. That's love in action. Love is a hug. Love is a smile. Love is a look and a word and a touch. Love is a conversation that leaves a lingering scent of God's goodness. Love is a caress, and sometimes love is a kick in the rear, right? We know that. But in the end, love doesn't just sit back and exist. Love does, and it acts, and it serves. Not out of obligation. Not, not out of this sense of duty, not out of this sense of, well, I guess I'll be the only responsible was. Love acts because it cares. Love acts and it serves. 
Paul wrote this in 1 Thessalonians. He says, so speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. Love does. Write this down for the last thing. The time is now to experience God's blessing. The time is now to experience God's blessing. In John 13, it says this, you know these things, now do them. This is the path of what? Blessing. To begin to actually live them out we begin to experience God's blessing. Serving is one of those crazy things that often works in reverse and upside down, right? Because when you serve, you do bless somebody else. You actually bring the fragrance of God's goodness and grace into someone else's life. And they receive something from you and they're receiving something from God. It's amazing. And then this other kind of inexplicable thing gets going. And you find out as you serve and give that you get blessed just as much, sometimes even more than those that you served. There's this, I don't know, it's just a crazy thing. You think I'm giving out, but what gets poured back into you is so many times greater than you can possibly give. God's called us to serve in love, to bring this crazy love and grace to a world that desperately needs to know that God loves and God cares. Sometimes that's the moment when hope sets in in someone's life, when they begin to, real, begin to realize that, that God is real and he's for them and he cares. And they're seeing your actions as actually an act of God. It's powerful. So what will that look like for you? What will it look like for you to open your eyes, to begin to move, and to receive God's blessing as you serve in love? Maybe it's going to be you and a few friends helping feed the homeless at Turlock Gospel Mission. I don't know. What would it take to do that? What would it look like for you? Maybe you need to make a phone call. Maybe just say, hey, is this, how can we help? Now, maybe that's not for everybody, but for you, it, it touches something, something deeper in you. Maybe it's helping on a Tuesday or Thursday hand out groceries here. Maybe if you have a pickup, you could be one of the, one of the people on, on the off days that go pick up some of our supplies. We get we get extra stuff from grocery stores and from Panera and Starbucks and different places and we pick things up and uh, maybe you'd be willing to drive a pickup and, and help make that happen and unload it and get it set to go. Maybe you could serve that way. Maybe it's, maybe it's giving financially to a ministry that's making a difference. That You have the means to, to do that and to put some dollars to work doing that. And maybe that's the way that you serve. Maybe not the only way. None of these are the only way, but maybe it's a way. Maybe it's volunteering to serve at the pregnancy center or Jessica's house for those in grief or prodigal sons and daughters for, for teens walking through, you know, addiction issues. 
Maybe it's, maybe it's helping out with our kids here on Sundays. Man, can, you, can you imagine helping kids take one step closer to Jesus? And you may say, oh, Dave, I, I, I can't teach like that. We need way more than teachers. Imagine just hanging out with a group of kids and just being there with them as, as an adult who cares that, man, they get to experience God's grace. Or, or welcoming kids into a classroom. What would that look like? Maybe it's getting connected with Celebrate Recovery. Maybe it's helping welcome people into our services. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you can do. Not out of obligation. Not out of, well, nobody else is doing it. But because you can actually serve in love and in grace. You can actually put Jesus' heart and his passion and his teaching into practice by putting yourself out there. Maybe it's joining in on Easter weekend. It's coming up in April. Maybe you join in to help park cars or say hi to people or, or make some coffee. And not just on Easter, but maybe that becomes part of what you do just to serve and love other people. So I'm going to give you just a little aside on this. You're thinking, how do I even find out? How do I do that? Well, for some of those things, you may need to make a call or drop by a ministry or have a conversation. Again, some of those, it's going to be people you know. It's people in your neighborhood and you work with that you can love and serve them. If you want to kind of expand that and connect here and find a place to serve in love, not out of obligation, to serve and to be like Jesus commanded us to be, you can do that. It's really easy here. You can go to our app, you can go to our website, and you just click on where it says serve. Fill out a quick little, you know, kind of name, and if there's an area you'd like to serve, maybe it's around some of our tech team. And we've got all kinds of things that you could do. And just say, this is what I'd like to maybe help with or find out more about, and we can do our part to help you put love in action. So look back again at John 13, and I want you to see verse 1 one more time. It says, all throughout his time with his disciples, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. He was showing them something more than teaching, more than just being a leader or a rabbi. He was showing them the path of love. You see, we don't have to serve in love. We get to serve in love. No obligation no hoping to prove something to God. No hoping to, to get some, some marks on your, your spiritual report card of, of how you've done. Now, we don't do it to get something. It flows from the inside out. Out of his great love for us, he gave and served and blessed. And we get to do this with him, not just for him, but he's inviting us to join him in the work he's already doing. And this isn't something we wait on till we got our act together. Dave, I, I'm, there's all this stuff, but when, once I get that all figured out, once I get my life on track, when, once I'm done with school, once, once life calms down, once I get through this season of my life, I'll tell you, there's something you can do right now. And as that quote from Bob Goff said, we just do the next right step. What's your next step? How do you serve? How do you love? Take it.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you didn't just give us a message of love, but out of your great love for us, you sent your one and only son to go to the cross so that we could have life. God, we think of that verse again, for God so loved the world that he gave. You modeled it, you showed us. And Lord, I pray that we would take this to heart. God, we don't wanna just be spectators. We don't wanna just watch from the sidelines, but we wanna be part of the work that you're doing. And Lord, there's an opportunity for each one of us every single day. Yes, I know there's more formal ways we can serve, but God, you're, you're calling us in the, in the personal moments and with friends or when we're out to, to love by serving, to actually be your hands and feet, to, to model you to this world. God, we're just grateful that you invite us into that. And I pray, Lord, in this coming week, in these coming days, that each one of us listening right now would be asking that question, God, what can I do? Where do you want me? And we would see it as this blessing, this invitation to join you. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us this weekend. Don't forget, go to our app, go online, see what you could do to serve and love. Hey, this week, I want you to be blessed and I want you to be a blessing.